Welcome to The Rookie Physio, the podcast for physio students and early career physios who want to accelerate their journey to becoming a highly effective physiotherapist. I'm Nathan Mobbs, a physiotherapist and owner of Personal Best Physiotherapy in Wodonga, Victoria, and this podcast is a collaboration between me and Rachel Stevens. Together, we're going to unpack what life is really like after uni and help you transition to private practice with lots of practical tips, tools, and strategies. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Physio Podcast. Before we start today, we are thinking of our Victorian listeners as we enter a five-day lockdown. We've done it before, so stick, stick at it. And what a better way to spend your five days catching up on all our previous episodes. So we hit a massive milestone in our podcast. We hit a thousand downloads. We are very grateful for all our listeners and excited to keep delivering you useful tips and tricks for up and coming physios. In today's episode, we are talking about using a traffic light guide for exercise prescription. Now we all know that 80% of our treatment is exercise, but why is exercise so important? Hi Rach, um, great to be here with you today. Uh, so why is ex- uh, the importance of exercise? If we think about a typical uh, physiotherapy clinic, then conditions like osteoarthritis of the hip and knee, uh, low back pain and the tendinopathies, uh, together these make up the majority of presentations in primary care, whether that's a physio practice or um, also a um, GP practice. So the evidence supporting exercise in the management of these conditions has really expanded in the last decade and has also coincided with evidence that other traditional treatments are actually not that helpful. So I'm sure that uh, most of you are aware that things like uh, having knee arthroscopy for degenerative meniscus tears or spinal fusion for low back pain have all been downgraded as management options because they don't actually perform better than um, other treatments. So as physios, we need to harness the power of exercise to help these patients. And a really good tool, a really useful tool in doing that is the traffic light guide. As a student, I always find it so daunting when it comes to exercise prescription, but I was taught one valuable tip and that is to consider what I'm addressing. So this could be range of motion, strength or balance, and that will guide our prescription. I think that's a really good point, Rach. Um, when we are prescribing exercise, it's really important that we're actually addressing uh, some impairments that we can find um, in the musculoskeletal system. So as you say, this could be loss of movement, uh, loss of strength, uh, loss of coordination or motor control or balance deficits, something like that. And it's really important before we get into the traffic light guide to just take a moment and remember that we must be addressing impairments when we are um, doing our exercise prescription. So the single biggest mistake that we make, and uh, we all make this at times, is, is giving patients exercise which don't address their impairments. And so it's really important that we just bear that in mind. Now, most of the time when we're addressing these impairments, regardless of what they are, the patients are working with their symptoms to a degree. So we need some sort of guide or um, framework um, for them to work with their symptoms. 
So we know why exercise is important and the importance of addressing our patients' impairments from prescribing exercise, but how can we use the traffic light guide to help our exercise prescription? Great question, Rach. So the traffic light guide is a tool for patients to understand their symptom response to exercise. It comes from the McKenzie method of uh, treatment, McKenzie method of mechanical diagnosis and therapy. And what it does is it helps to establish if your patient is moving in the right direction. It also helps you to establish how hard they should be sort of pushing with their exercise program. And it also allows you to see whether an exercise approach is working over time. So it begins with educating our patient that they will need to work with their symptoms to get a result. So that means that some degree of stiffness or soreness is acceptable as long as it's not severe or sharp. And often what we need to do as physios is we need to make an educated guess about where a patient should start, have a look at them doing a few repetitions of an exercise, and look very carefully at their symptom response, and then we might need to modify their starting position if um, we're not getting a favorable response. But the first step is that we need to find an acceptable place to start and then we ask them to actually do that exercise in the clinic. And we might ask them to do five, 10 or 15 repetitions. And then we need to think about um, what color traffic light they have. So there's only three options. So green light, red light or orange light. So we'll talk about these uh, one by one. So in a green light situation, this means that the patient might do five, 10 or 15 repetitions of an exercise and as they do that, um, their symptoms actually reduce. Um, so what would be an example of a green light exercise? Uh, so what we, uh, so there's a number of them that come to mind, but one that's really easy to understand would be a patient that has say medial knee pain and they might have pain to squat, but then when we actually get them say supine, and they do some knee flexion in supine, something like a hip and knee slide. Uh, as they do that, their actual symptoms improve or their range improves. And then so we might get them to do a test of that exercise and then when we get them to stand up and we say, okay, go back to your squat and they tell us that it's actually um, feels a bit better. So that would be um, an example of a green light. And so red light, that obviously means stop. Yes, yep, so at the opposite end of the spectrum is our red light, so that's where we ask a patient to do five or ten repetitions of an exercise and they report that they feel worse. So in this situation we need to look at we need to look carefully about whether we are moving in the right direction or perhaps there is too much load on the effective body part, or um, we might even have to step back and think about whether we've actually got um, the correct working diagnosis for them. And just an example of a red light exercise. So probably the most common example of a red light is where if we have a patient who has low back pain with leg symptoms, um, particularly if they had um, symptoms of reticulopathy, and we ask them to do an exercise, and let's say we ask them to do something in standing, and as they're doing that, they're telling us that their symptoms are going down their legs. So it's actually... They don't start with leg symptoms, but as they do it, they say, oh, I can really feel that in my leg and I've got pins and needles in my foot or ankle. 
So what's happening there is that we have a red light because their symptoms are peripheralizing. They're going away from the source, getting worse rather than um, the opposite. Yes, we really want to centralize those symptoms. So where, where does orange light come into it? Yeah, orange light is interesting because this means that the patient has some symptoms with their exercise, but they don't change quickly in the session. So we can best describe this as produce no worse. So the patient is doing something, they can feel a little bit of soreness or they can feel some stiffness, but then they do say 10 of an exercise, we ask them are you any worse and they say no, no I'm just the same. So um, in this situation often we need them to test this out over a period of time. So we might ask them, okay um, Rachel can you do this exercise for a week at home and then next week when we catch up we want to see um, if it's changing. And a common example of the orange light? Yep. So uh, a really good example would be um, a lot of our shoulder patients. So let's say we had a patient that had tendinopathy of the rotator cuff. So they have a little bit of pain with elevation and we get them to do some um, repeated movements in elevation and not much changes. But we ask them to do an exercise which just gently loads that rotator cuff over a week and they come back and um, what we're looking for there is to try and make that orange light uh, green, ideally. Uh, in some cases, it might flick the other way and an orange light can become red. Um, but in that situation, we're asking the patient to usually test something out over um, a few days or maybe a week. So throughout the traffic light guide, we're constantly monitoring our patient's symptoms during exercise. And do we have to monitor this after exercise as well? Yeah, um, really important that so we're looking at two things. We're looking at what happens during their exercise and we're also looking at what happens after. So we know that sort of delayed or um, lasting symptoms are common when we are treating our patients. And so we need to ask, um, we, can, we can ask our patients in the clinic um, directly after they do something, how do they feel? But we can also ask them to monitor things at home. And so... If we're finding that they actually feel worse afterwards, then we need to modify things to get a more favorable response. But the reverse is also true. So sometimes the patient might not feel like a lot is happening during their exercise, um, but then when we ask them to test it out over a week, they might say something like, well, wasn't really feel, feeling too much going on during the exercise, but I definitely feel better afterwards. So again, um, We've turned an orange light to green by asking our patient to test something out at home. So orange lights are sometimes okay? Yeah, they are, um, but we, we must be mindful of not having orange lights for weeks and weeks and weeks. So if we've got orange lights that are rolling um, one week after another, it, it, it usually means that we, we need to change something about their treatment. So. That's why we need to take really good baseline um, measurements. So that could be either your objective baseline, so something you know, like your range of movement with a goniometer or some other test. Um, but remember your baseline could also be something like a questionnaire. So you might ask your patient to fill out a um, lower limb questionnaire at the start. And if you're getting a month into it and it's no, good, no change, 
then um, be aware of those orange lights that are just rolling on um, weeks on weeks. Now we have a guide to help us in our exercise prescription. How can our listeners use this in their practice? Uh, I think that the traffic light guide is a really useful tool for physios to use, especially when you're starting out. Um, often we get a bit fearful about making our patients work with their symptoms and if we've got a traffic light guide, it, it's, it means that you can test things in the clinic. You can ask patients to test things at home and you can often find a way forward by just following those, um, those principles. So you can just ask yourself, you know, have I got a red light here? Have I got an orange light? Have I got a green light? It's also a really easy model to explain to patients. So if we, if we give patients a, a really simple model like this and we say we're looking to see you know, whether you have a green light with this exercise over a few days, um, it's something fairly easy for our patients to understand and it increases their commitment to their exercise program. I think the key takeaway message from this is definitely monitoring the symptoms. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and, and getting our patients into that habit too, um, for them to monitor their symptoms um, at home either when they're doing their exercise program, but remember also with their activity levels. We might say, okay, Rach, you can start a walking program or a running program. It's really important that you monitor how you are during, but also how you are after. So when you come home and when you cool down, how, how does your knee feel afterwards? Great. Well, that's all for today's episode. Um, if you want to catch up on any of our other episodes, just find us on your favourite podcast app. That's all for this episode. For any content related to this episode, please visit our website, personalbestphysio.com.au. Click on the Our Team tab and then go to Resources for Students. We love your questions. If you want to send one in, then just use the Contact Us page of our website and send us an email. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review either on our Facebook page or Instagram account at the Rookie Physio Podcast. Thanks for listening and catch you on the next episode.